Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the first Birds All Day in a little while. Uh, the first Birds All, Birds All Day episode in which uh, Jose Bautista is once again a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. My name is Drew Fairservice, and welcome. Uh, joining me, uh, I believe... As, as always. As always, Mr. Yeah. Stoughton, Andrew Stoughton, Old Reliable. Yeah, Old Mr. Reliable, that's right. Yeah, uh, King Shit of Fuck Mountain, I believe, we went with for a while there. Indeed, uh, indeed. I've forgotten all of our patter here. It's been a, it's been a little while since it we did has, one of these. It has. And I, I think you were thrown by the fact that you almost said it was the first one of 2017, which it wasn't. We have done one in 2017, I'm pretty sure. That's true, we did, we did. Uh, uh, but the year just keeps, you know, uh, keeps going. It's almost... Uh, it's almost inauguration day there. So this is the final episode of Birds All Day, uh, to which <laughs> uh, we bemoan the fact that uh, the smoking crater where we once uh, stood will no longer be able to talk about the Blue Jays. But uh, I am excited to launch our new uh, Foraging for Cans of Beans All Day. That's going to be our new, pod- <laughs> our new podcast. Eating. That's a, This is a thing, isn't it? This is a, People are talking about, like... Uh, like planners or what the, whatever the hell you call it there's there's some term for it uh you know people uh getting their survival kits together people who are smart is that how you would describe that people that who not, are wise with that is foresight. not how i would that's not how i would describe that at all no um i i read a lot of quiet earth sort of post-apocalyptic stuff and i it's, it seems a lot more fun when you don't feel as though it could plausibly happen in your lifetime or the <laughs> calendar year. Yeah. Uh, but still, it is still kind of cool. You know, I'm just... The, I'm going to live the, the last the stuff that you The stuff that you read, not the impending apocalypse. Well, we'll be all right. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, apocalypse... So, well, uh, well, we, <laughs> you and I, will be all right. Most people listening will be all right. Some people will have a real shitty time and it fucking sucks. A lot of people, well, yeah, not enough of the people who listen to this show will have a shitty time, but there will be a lot of people who are about to have a very shitty time. Uh, it's a good time to be a fan of the Blue Jays because Jose Bautista, again, is still a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. This is great. Uh, I didn't think it was going to it was going to happen. I, I think I went back and forth, and then as it as uh, it happens, the draft pick uh, compensation hanging around his neck. Uh, it forced him home, just like it forced Mark Trumbull back to the, not forced, but resulted in Mark Trumbull going back to the Orioles, Jose Bautista, excuse me, back with the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and I think everyone's pretty happy about it. Is that fair to say? People are happy? Other than the dummies? Dummies are uh, not happy. <laughs> oh yeah, dummies are not happy. Is that what you said? Because whatever you said cut out on my end, and, you're, oh, and I all, all I heard was blank space, and then, uh, is that fair to say? I could have uh, really gone any any direction with that, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I honestly haven't heard too many dummies, frankly, in the wake of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if because dummies do tend to do this sometimes that the, that they're just insulating themselves from having to deal with their actual feelings, and so their their hatred of Bautista is a uh, is is, uh, is sort of just projecting onto what they think is going to happen, and and that'll make him feel okay when he went elsewhere. Is that oh, we hated him all along. Uh, so I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of griping that, that Bautista is back, but that's also maybe because I just, uh, I've turned into fucking Jeff Blair, just blocking everyone in sight on Twitter. Though mostly, mostly, you know, right wing trolls, not, uh, not Blue Jays fans, which is, which is an odd twist for me. Uh, 
my days with the ba- the ban hammer on DJF and stuff. I've been I've been not blocking people for bad Blue Jays opinions, just bad conduct and opinions in general, uh, which is good. But maybe that's helped insulate me from some of these piss babies who would be uh, pretending to be Blue Jays fans while bemoaning the fact that Bautista is back because it's obviously a fucking great thing. It's a great thing for the like franchise capital F franchise. You know, it's nice to have. Uh, you know the, fa- the face of the franchise back in the fold, a guy who has um, been as good as anyone who ever wore the jersey and played in the field. Uh, it's also good for the 2017 Blue Jays because he's still quite very, uh, quite good at hitting baseballs, and they did not have anyone who even approached being a viable replacement to replace his production, uh, as well as you know replacing his ability to stand out in the outfield, which is all anyone's <laughs> ever going to ask of him. Basically, but, though, uh, though Atkins in his press conference uh, here on Thursday said, you know, mentioned the arm, mentioned that, that the 2015 arm injury had carried over into 2016, and then, though not specifically any longer speaking about the arm, said something like, you know, we, we saw him work out, really encouraging signs. And, you know, obviously you're the guy who just handed him $18 million. So uh, you're probably going to have a bit of a favorable view, or at least you're going to say, you 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 know, you're not going to, you're not going to start telling the public your, your deepest worries about uh, whether or not he can do it. But I don't know, maybe the arm doesn't look quite as bad. Maybe some time off helps. I, uh, I don't think there are a lot of bullets left. I'm pretty sure we will all uh, agree on that. But, uh, but yeah, it, maybe there's some encouragement there. I don't know. He's he's very bad uh, <laughs> in the outfield, but uh, like you say, just standing there will be fine. Once once Dalton Pompey takes over in left field, uh, you know you can you can use the fact that him and Pilar can cover so much ground in left and center to mask uh, Batista, right? Yeah, you definitely want the the triple the, the mediocre triple A center fielder <laughs> playing a corner outfield position in the American League East every day. I think that is really the what what you how you want to approach this. No, I, well, I mean when your alternative is Ezekiel Carrera and uh, Melvin Upton in a platoon that makes no goddamn sense. Eh, maybe there were do. people who were. Why was there so much pissing and moaning about Ezekiel Carrera coming back? Were you? Did you piss and or moan? I about- I did not piss or moan. I I, it, I just took the opportunity to underline the fact that that. That what is assumed to be a potential platoon with a lefty and Carrera and a right-handed hitter and, and Upton uh, is not because Carrera is bad because Carrera you know has had had a reverse split the last couple of years uh, and if you look at his numbers against right-handers which is who he would be facing for like 400 at bats in a platoon uh, they are very bad they they are they are very bad and despite our fuzzy memories of Zeke's thunder in the playoffs. Uh, he was dog shit in the second half of the season uh, because he is bad. I think, so I guess I think, if if you consider that <laughs> pissing and moaning on Ezekiel Carrera, then yes, I guess I was. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that anyone. I think it's easy to to say Melvin Upton and Ezekiel Carrera are going to be a platoon because one happens to be right-handed and one happens to be left-handed. Ezekiel Carrera is is basically uh, insurance for the all but inevitable. Jose Bautista injury, or the no less inevitable, but what somewhat, but will end up being more surprising. Kevin Pillar compound fracture in the outfield. Like someone, there's it, nothing wrong with having a big leaguer hanging around, and a guy who's only making two million bucks or one point nine or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A guy that obviously is a good teammate. They all seem to like him, and he's running around with fucking parrots on his arm and stuff all the time. 
Who cares? He's not going to... No, no team... The Blue Jays are not going to put him in a position to get 400 at-bats because that is putting him in a position to fail. Well, this, I, this, that I ultimately think, is my point. But, but, but yes, I, you put it much more nicely. I just think that... I think that his potential role has been overstated and the reaction seems to be uh, based around the, the belief that he will play more than he would, well, given, given uh, normal circumstances or, and health. What I would say to that, I mean, perhaps his potential role has been overstated, but, but then who the hell else is going to play in left field? Because if it's Steve Pierce, one, you're asking a guy who can play like 80 games a year to go running around on that fucking turf, and two, then he's not there to take a bats away from Justin Smoke, who is also bad. So I, I want to see Steve Pierce primarily as a first baseman, Getting given days off to you know your your Devin Travis's and your Josh Donaldsons and occasionally Batista in the field you know use them sparingly in the field elsewhere, uh, but not as your your primary left fielder or as the bizarre other side of a platoon with BJ or uh, Melvin Upton whatever the hell he calls himself, uh, I guess his name is probably what he calls himself, uh, where they're a platoon but both of them are right-handed hitters. I mean that doesn't make sense either. I want to see Steve Pierce stealing at bats. From Justin Smoke, who is bad, and so that as that that leaves you with what exactly in the outfield? It leaves you with D- fucking Daryl Siciliani, who was name dropped uh, during the press conference by Atkins, which is fucking bizarre because he, also bad. Uh, and, and, but- and I'm I mean I'm nitpicking on this on this specific position. Uh, I, I'm pretty all right with how the Jays look as a whole. Uh, you know, hardly. I'm not. A, I'm not being a piss baby. It's just I don't see how this position works for them right now. I think they need no, to do more. It, it is a hole, but I think they're also at a position. And the mar- the other thing I, I I wonder about is the market does seem like there there's there's no lack of guys who could step in and randomly do a job and somehow be a guy who we look back in five years and be like that guy played fifty games for the Blue Jays. There's lots of those guys, lots of those candidates. Ezekiel Carrera is basically one of those guys mm-hmm. who picked up for nothing, not given a lot of fanfare. Next thing you know, we're complaining about his contract three years later. Uh, I, I don't think that, that any doors are closed. There are minor league invites. There could be other uh, equally bad players, but players who are you know maybe not making as much money. Or maybe it is a Dalton Pompey runs up and and steals the job if if uh, pompey did it if pompey like earned his way in that would be that would be a great thing for everybody i think obviously yeah i think having pompey around as someone who could potentially you know keep tabs on kevin pilar kevin pilar who's got like two four wins two four win seasons in a row and we're still looking to get him out the door as soon as possible just like waiting Waiting for the bottom to fall out of the Kevin Pillar experience. <laughs> the second half of last year wasn't so great, but uh, that glove is just so damn good. But I don't know. Like well, for me, I would love to see one of those Gavin Floyd or Franklin Morales kind of contracts to someone like Chris Coughlin or or uh, uh, Brandon Moss. Maybe there's maybe there's uh, some more guaranteed money for those guys out there, and they obviously are still waiting around. Uh, but there's not a lot of opportunities left, and and you know you dangle something like that in front of maybe one of those guys come into spring training, and say, hey, you know you're gonna make two million if you make the team, but we're not gonna just hand you a job, and maybe Pompey's gonna take the job. I mean, I think that's that's what they need to do. Hopefully, that is the kind of thing that they do do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's but that's I think that the Bautista contract, uh, as we maybe long expected, has kind of 
put that framing device on the rest of the, the rest of the offseason. The money is now spent, right? In, in as many words, the, there are there are no big splashes uh, likely to come. It's going to be bits and bobs and and maybe some some bargain hunting or or a converted reliever here or a fourth left-handed pitcher sort of guy here. Uh, but like this is the team is the team for all intents and purposes now. Pretty much, I mean, if if they were still waiting around to splash some cash around, they, they fucked up pretty hard because there's like nobody left worth giving a significant amount of money to. I don't think, right? So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, though that said, uh, I don't know. I heard about this uh, Eddie Money fellow, this uh, two tickets to paradise guy who uh, who wandered into the offices there and is. Uh, and is is maybe pushing some more money into the Jays' budget. Yeah. So what's up with this? So so I, I I'm going to defer to you who who is covering who's covering this beat uh, so closely. Uh, Ed Rogers is getting effusive praise, slaved, uh, just pouring from the mouth of Ross. Kiss Atkinson. in the ring. Yeah, they were kissing. Yeah, the kissing the ring for making it happen. Making it happen. Eddie Rogers making it happen to get Bautista back in the fold. Uh, is that just like a straight up saying thanks for all the payroll or what's what what's behind this do we think is there anything behind it or is it just Eddie Rogers is going to are we going like full Al Davis is he running the team now <laughs> Yeah I I hope it's not that but I mean I think this is what I wrote about when Jeff Blair's stuff came out it was it, it you you hear about Al Davis is a good example NFL owners are a good example I think where you know rich guys their sports teams are their toys it's not like this isn't a, a massive money making enterprise i mean you makes it makes more money than they claim but it's not you know if your if your objective is just to get rich owning a baseball team is not really the way to do it and if you have the money to do other things you would do those other things having a baseball team there's the prestige element to it and that's and and i think that's what a lot of these guys are are for lack of a better word are in in it for i mean it's obviously it, it it's a business in its own right but uh i think i wrote like you know you, you don't want to get dogged about your your team when you're going to your rich guy parties or going out on the golf course so maybe there's there's a, a additional personal investment not financially but emotionally from someone like eddie rogers and and that's you know allowing him to be someone who can go on the jay's behalf to the fucking accountants or whoever the hell holds the keys to the giant vault down there at uh, one Mount Pleasant and, and opening up some of the, some, some opportunities in terms of, you know, using more money. And it's a, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a scary thing. I was tweeting about it tonight because Mark Trumbo signed and, and I think Jerry Krasnick said, Oh, you know, Trumbo, he's a guy that Peter Angelos really likes. And so that's always good news if you're negotiating with the Orioles. And it's like, Oh my God, that sounds like a nightmare. You don't want an owner who's like Peter Angelos. Uh, but that's not really what Shapiro has entered into. He, he's not he's not Dan Duquette as as I think Josh Housem, who's from uh, uh, BP Toronto, pointed out. You know, Duquette kind of came into that situation with his eyes wide open, and Tony LaCava turned down that job reportedly because you know the autonomy was not there. Angelus really wanted to have a hand in it, and that's not necessarily what Shapiro has come into. Uh, so he would he would have the ability, one thinks, to uh, to override. Uh, Eddie Rogers on baseball matters and hope to God that that's, that's the case. But, but so there's, there, there's a balance, right? I mean, it could, it could become a a thing where you don't really like what you're seeing in terms of an owner meddling. But on the other hand, we've 
dealt with all of these years of the Blue Jays being the team who are very corporately run and, and very, uh, you know, you have to sort of think about all their decision making through that prism. And, and we never really had a chance to try it out with an owner who's kind of like, I don't know, here you go, boys, go, go put a damn winner on the team. And Atkins speaking about how because of Eddie Rogers and specifically saying Edward Rogers is the reason that this team isn't going to be have to have a rebuild that we're going to be able to to rebuild under the hood while still maintaining a competitive team uh, I think speaks to that and I I don't know as 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 wary as I am of where that could go that sounds to me like a pretty fucking all right thing you could do a lot worse I think the, could, I think the did, fans in Detroit after you know Mike Illich going whatever go out and get this guy go out and get that guy I don't think they would trade that for the way the fucking Rogers Corporation has operated the Blue Jays. No, there the I think the trouble comes when instead of saying here is here are, is a pile of money you do with it as you would for baseball experts, uh, it's when it becomes. I want you to do this. I want you to sign Josh Hamilton for five years and $125 million. <laughs> yeah. After you just threw all that money at, um, at Albert Pujols. It, it's dangerous, but it's, I think it becomes a lot easier to be the hero who is throwing, you know, family money around after two years of just seeing the revenue difference that having a, a competitive playoff club, uh, presents when when you say oh yeah we're making like way more money with having a good team and uh, having this guy around that everyone most of the time seems to like uh that's probably a good thing too so if we need to dig a little deeper in the couch cushions to get money for bautista we can do it uh i just yeah you just become wary of the of the guy who who starts to or stops deferring to the baseball operations folks and starts dictating to them and that's where you get yourself um, into being very bad. Although the Angels um, are going to be good. I'm going to say that every episode. And I had uh, <laughs> a guy, yeah. Adrian, uh, who uh, comes at me on Twitter sometimes with the Luis oh, Valbuena yeah, yeah. thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is happening. The, the Angels are like the low-key secret good team that's going to uh, scare everybody now that they're paying Josh Johnson to, to have sign a minor league deal with the Rangers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's an odd time. I don't I think I think maybe the we go back to the Bautista thing a little bit. One thing that everyone, uh, all, a lot of fans, seem to, I think it was more relief than excitement. Um, more relief having to not having to deal with the idea of him leaving, I and mean, also not having to deal with the idea of the team being uh, without him. But uh, it's it's just hard for me to. It's I'm I'm excited to see him play well this year. I think that it, the badness of 2016 was sort of over, overstated, and also the, uh, the you know the, the potential for him to outproduce a guy like Edwin Encarnacion is is there. It's it's real, and and I, I think that would that will be very gratifying for a lot of people, and also probably good for business if Bautista ends up being you know good again. He's got them. He's got them. Got them uh, attendance bonus uh, clauses in his contract. So 
The attendance bonus clauses are hilarious. Uh, not many of them are truly attainable. Somebody told me like that one of them is for four million, and someone was like, "Yeah, they reduced capacity. I don't think four million is technically possible without a playoff game." So either either that includes a playoff game or somebody screwed up. I wonder if that'll make let us see like a like a softer, fuzzier Jose Bautista if he's uh, if he's gonna be you know just out there because uh, Encarnacion's got them too. So mm-hmm. suddenly we're gonna see both of these two guys being like, "Hey, everybody, come down to the ballpark," doing all kinds of ads and all the Jays promo stuff and showing up <laughs> at the mall. And, Going on the winter caravan tour, like, hey, I'm in Regina, woo! Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, don't see that happening necessarily, but I'm sure uh, Jose could get a Krusty the Clown style uh, operation there. You know, just bang out those lines he needs to get to get his lackeys to do the autographs, etc. Somebody is in a Jose Bautista beard is going to be riding a <laughs> riding a bike across a bar and playing the. Uh, the, the the Godfather waltz on champagne glasses with his forehead. In the meantime, kids, here's my here's my friend, Mister Black. Uh, but there, I mean, I, that the Bautista's performance is the greatest wild card here. He has everything to gain by playing well, as as he just as he did last year, but now he's that much that much older and. And the team has a different sort of kind of vested interest in him uh, 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 performing well. There was that was it on um, uh, Statcast was talking about the his his what his deserved uh, weighted yeah, on base average was. Yeah, yeah, there was, was a Tom and... Tango thing. He tw- he tweeted it that uh, I think at the request of Ben Lindbergh's pe- uh, for his piece in the Ringer, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of reasons to be excited. If you're a Blue Jays fan, it, it's a good time to be. It, it's it's easy to get excited. Easy to get excited about the return of Jose Bautista. It's easy to get excited about uh, the the prospect of Bautista playing even better uh, next year, uh, where the team around him maybe obviously not be quite what it was. But again, what have they really lost? Well, now, what, what what's the difference so far between 2016 and 2017? Uh, you're down Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. You gained Morales. You gained Steve Pierce. You yeah. lose Brett Cecil. Brett Cecil, who will make more guaranteed money. Uh... Then what? But then Batista and that can't be Batista and Encarnacion. What the hell did Cecil sign for though? It was ridiculous. He got four years. He got more time than those two. Did he not? He did. Did he get four? He got five, I think. What? Didn't he get five? Maybe he only got four. I can check. I'm going to do that right this very moment. Uh, Cecil got four and thirty million dollars guaranteed. Thirty point five. All right. That's pretty so good. Five. But uh, that is still quite good, yeah. No, uh, th- that is an issue. That is an issue that people will certainly tell you, uh, will certainly tell me when I'm like, eh. Obviously, you're, you're at some point going to need people who can get lefties out, but don't let's not act like not having a left-handed reliever is the end of the world. People are like, they've needed a left-handed reliever for two years now. And it's like, yeah. Well, you know, Cecil was good, but, but yes, they've needed that help, and uh, they've been all right. Uh, in spite of it, I'm not saying I, don't go get a lefty reliever, but the idea of blowing their brains out, spending money that would have prevented them from signing Bautista without the wonderful gift we've already spoken about from uh, from young Edward Rogers, uh, the benevolent dictator <laughs> that he is. I'm excited of the potential for him to become a complete villain too, which I think is wonderful. 
Uh, I mean, it would mean the team sucks and, and everything is bad. But uh, that at least will give some it'll give someone from like me something to write about when when it all goes fucking south. How great would that be, though? I mean, from a pure content perspective, uh, if suddenly the Blue Jays developed some kind of like maniacal owner who was running around like a, can you imagine having to? Uh, well, people just, invent this in their own heads about Mark Shapiro, and they did that about uh, J.P. Ricciardi as well. And before he became sainted after a couple of trades, they had stupid things they thought about Anthopolis too. So no doubt it would happen if he becomes but, that, if he, if he makes that part of his thing is that he's the one, you know, behind the scenes. But can you imagine actually covering a team or writing about a team or talking about a team that like Marge shot was the owner of? <laughs> like he would just never stop. Every day it would be something insane to talk about. Just bonkers. And it would be great. It would be so easy as opposed to being like, oh, this team's pretty good. They're old, but whatever. That would be great. I, I, I've become that guy. I'm self-interested in being like, I want to talk about the crazy man that runs the team. <laughs> I want to talk about the spoiled rich kid who, just, who stomps his feet and says, I want a slugger. And then they re-sign Bautista, who uh, seems to be out the door. But yeah. here he is, yeah. back again. You hear things. I heard things all winter about... Uh, they don't really want him around. He's a bit mm-hmm. difficult to deal with, but guys get a lot easier to deal with when you're talking about a one-year, $18 million deal and the fact that you might not might not have got that damn pick anyway. I think they would have got the pick. Somebody People were obviously offering him deals. Uh, but, you know, the balance finally tilted in the, in the direction where he could fall right into their laps. Thank fuck. I mean, it did seem kind of ridiculous that it took so long. Uh well, and for even, that, for that we have the benevolent, the benevolent Edward Rogers to thank, I guess. Well, wasn't uh, was it <laughs> Jeff Jeff uh, Jeff Pass and Jeff Pasama saying that he for sure about he's to turn down uh, more money and years uh, to resign with the Blue Jays? Yeah, and I he can, got. I he, can said that in the press conference. He said he doesn't know how much or where, but he's mm-hmm. like, I would guess that he did turn down more money to come here. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah, except it's like Twins money, which doesn't really count. I'd rather not. I'd, I, I would pay you to not play for Though the way that Bautista hits in that fucking park might, might, might have a Hall of Fame chance at that rate. <laughs> Hopefully, Good. by the time he retires, Omar Vizquel is still on the goddamn ballot. But that's another story. Do you want to talk about the Hall of Fame? I know you do. <laughs> I don't I really. know that you do. I, I, um, I've, I've paid. It would have been nice to have Vlad and Reigns in the same class. Get some Expos fans down there, but it would be nice if Larry Walker got some goddamn respect. Yeah, if if one is inclined to care about the Hall of Fame, that would be a thing that probably is worth uh, beating the drum for. Yeah, there's not really anyone with a strong Blue Jays connection that was on the ballot this year. Um, I think I think Jorge Posada deserved a bit of a better look. Not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but like a really good player on, for a long time on really good teams. To I, I don't know. I, that's not nothing. Uh, and then next year, well, there's Scott Rowland, who uh, gets to be the next Larry Walker, the guy who was like, yeah, he was ridiculously good forever. Why is he not a Hall of Famer? Well, other people will be like, Omar Vizquel, he played the game with he he played for the Blue Jays, didn't he? He did. This, I mean, this is partly why I brought it up with the, with some venom there because I, I was reminded before uh, we came on air earlier tonight, and you mentioned Valbuena, Luis Valbuena. That's the the Jays put him on waivers because they needed to carry Omar Vizquel for his uh, his victory lap that time. 
And now we got a multi-year deal from the Angels. He's kind of bad, but not not all bad. But uh, uh, oh, and Josh Johnson retired. Did we talk about this? We talked about this. Before uh, Josh Johnson retired. Yeah. Did I say Josh Johnson? It sounded like you said Donaldson. Which no, will, he is not. Which will have, which will have caused people to fucking drive off the road. I'm sure. <laughs> I guess his episode of Vikings finally aired, <laughs> yes, so I he's now giving it all up. But uh, gotta get yeah, that Josh sweet Johnson Vikings retired. money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the big Vikings money, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Josh Johnson retired uh, after what, two straight Tommy Johns. Uh, I, if Ari Dickey gets a lot of bullshit, like he caught a lot of shit for being not as good as we or anyone expected him to be, but all the, the 2013, uh, the failings of the 2013 Blue Jays fall directly at the feet of Josh Johnson more so. Than R. A. Dickey. Well, or that at, was the or piece. at the arm of Josh Josh Johnson, yeah, or at whatever the hell, you know, he was broken down at 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 the feet of the people who traded for him, thinking, oh, he's going to be fine. But yeah, why would you? Why two. would you ever? <laughs> never make a trade with the Marlins unless they, uh, if they're selling. <laughs> if the Marlins come and they want to buy something from you, oh, sure, all day. But if they're selling something, like, hey, you want to uh, Josh Johnson? He's great. Look at him. He's like 900 feet tall, throws 900 miles an hour. Oh, man, what a shame. Yeah. What a shame. We were. I, it was, like, worrisome. It's like, oh, is he going to pitch his way into a $100 million contract and we can't get him back? This was, like, a legit thing people talked about at the time. And this, this is... It, and I, you I, know what? Josh Johnson was the guy who, who was like, well, his ex-fip is really good. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. He, the, that was the, the problem watching him when he was here, is that he was so bad. He was very he, bad. He was so bad, but he was and he was like getting by on slop, and 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 then his arm, you know, only broke down further. I think Brandon Morrow's a free agent still, right? Could be, right? I think Wilner threw his name out as a potential like got a guy you pick off the heap. Yeah, he reads. Uh, he reads books. Get him out of my clubhouse. Fucking get egg. him egghead. Yeah, get him out of there. I want him. I want Brandon Morrow <laughs> back in the mix. Yeah, he's so, great. So bad. Oh, and JP Aaron Sibia retired. Also, yeah, yeah. This is the 2013 Blue Jays. With you know, we're throwing back the <laughs> throwback Thursday. It's so it's so weird because I mean, because yeah, that like fuck the, the, JP Aaron Sibia, Josh Johnson occupied far too much time in our lives, frankly. Like I mean, we were... and yet R.A. Dickey <laughs> is still fucking playing. Yeah, Josh Johnson, JP Aaron Sibia gone, Dickey still going in Atlanta. And I, I tweeted something, speaking a little bit about that, but just about longevity and pitchers. And because I've been looking, you know, when when I heard about Johnson, you know, I went back and looked. I'm like, let's look through some old posts. Let's see what ridiculous things I might have said about Josh Johnson and, and his ability to to be a great pitcher and and earn hundreds of millions of dollars uh, back in the old days. And of course, thanks to some uh, an, an unmentioned unfortunate thing. Uh, I have to go through the fucking wayback machine to do it. It's a real pain in the ass. So, uh, but, <laughs> but I, uh, I like so I looked through some uh, some stuff and and you know stuff because he his name first came up in the 2012 trade deadline and then you know through the winter of 2013 that all happened and then the spring and, and just looking at some of the stuff that was being written by me and on on, my, on drunk Jays fans and and that we were talking about and that was talked about in the comments was you know. Josh Johnson, Matt Garza, Jake Peavy, uh, like these were these were huge gets in terms of pitchers. I mean, it's like 2013 was not that fucking long ago, and these are just like 
guys who are toast and people saying, you know, wow, what a rotation, Romero and Morrow and Johnson. And it's like, oh my God. What, and, and what, what I, <laughs> Life what I comes tweeted at about you fast. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I mean, I tweeted that, uh, you know, it, it puts into perspective the worrying that people are doing about Aaron Sanchez and Scott Boris because it's like, oh my God, four years is a long time for a pitcher to maintain that kind of level. I mean, these were guys we were talking, people were talking about long-term deals and, and, uh, and, and it just, it completely fucking blew up and it's not that long ago, like 2013, not that long ago. And these, it's just, it's remarkable how the, uh, the, the elite kind of pitchers or these guys who are at the top of their game are just not non-factors that are, re- that are retiring now. Uh, like you said, life comes at you fast. Jake Peavy was still good after that, though. Jake Jake Peavy didn't go like Garza, but but yeah, well, let me. It was 2013, and he's you're you're already talking about him in the past tense. You don't have to go back too far though. Do the same thing, like oh, this this guy is, you know, what look at what people gave up for, what was given up for Garza, what was given up for Samarja even, and then what was Samarja was paid, and then. It's just it it is crazy. It, it, things again. Life comes at you fast. Somebody it was Matt Sussman who you know used to write mm-hmm. for BP and is a great follow on Twitter. He went back and found some old Hall of Fame stuff from I think it was twelve or thirteen years ago, like two thousand three, two thousand four, and it was looking at modern players for the Hall of Fame. Two guys who they thought were were listed as like for sure or or good strong bets to make the Hall of Fame: uh, David Wright and Hank Blaylock. <laughs> and on the outside looking in was Scott Rowland and Chipper Jones. <laughs> uh, outside looking, oh hey, Hank Blaylock carried some fantasy teams of mine. I tell you what, and oh, then I sure. think he, I think he also submarined some fucking fantasy teams of mine. So he and Jared Saltalamacchia that one year, they just uh, <laughs> I was convinced, like oh yeah, Salty's the truth. <laughs> Salty's future the future Blue Jays backup catcher Jared Saltalamacchia, or did he sign with somebody? I don't know. Who did he play for last year? The Marlins, I believe. No, no, he's gone. He that's oh, that is long over. Is that long over? Because they because he they they signed him for like three years and then he. Um, oh yeah. Well. And then that did they they Marlins, <laughs> they decided they needed to just be rid of that. But I, uh, I can't say I paid a lot of attention to the Marlins last year. So. He played for the Tigers last year. Really good yeah, for him. He, he had a uh, he had put up a stunning 171 uh, batting average with and while slugging 346, uh, he hit 12 home runs. He struck yet, out 35 percent of the time. And yet Josh Tolley takes no small amount of shit. When in, the fact really is all ba- all backup catchers are garbage. Dave Jared Saltalmaki is like a starting catcher. He, <laughs> he, he, the Tigers have like lots of bad catchers. They have they have cornered the market on. Not good enough starting catchers. It's almost like if you're a decent catcher, you can pay $18 million a year, even though you'll be so old when all that stuff comes to a head. Uh, He'll be fine. Anything else? Anything else we can like go through the Blue Jays' way back machine to talk about here? <laughs> no, I don't have a whole lot. No, no, I think that's it. That's good. This is good. We'll get, we get in, we get out, and then uh, you know things will start happening, and we'll be back in the groove. Here, I didn't do the spiel at the beginning. I'll do it at the end. Uh, Burrs all day. We're back uh, stronger than ever here in 2017. Of course, you can uh, check us out on iTunes. And, uh, and of course, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Burrs all day. Where you can keep us going. Keep us motivated. Last week, I was in uh, jolly old England. Uh, mm-hmm. As people sometimes describe it. 
but we did not uh, record an episode. And now I'm back. I got to go to watch West Ham, and it was great. And I saw Jonah, your friend and mine. Oh, he Jonah is on a long ass Europe trip, I believe. Is yeah, how he, so he we, describe it to me. Yeah. So we met in uh, we met in London, and then I, that was when I we he and I of course talked about uh, Ezekiel Carrera. We were walking along <laughs> by the tower by the tower bridge, and I'm like, you know, I think I've come around on Zeke. This is the things that Jonah and I are talking about. Uh, an ocean away from here. Lovely, lovely stuff. And, and the thing about Patreon right now is, with the impending apocalypse, now really is the time to uh, to shoot us some bucks because uh, <laughs> it's not a real long term commitment anyway. <laughs> all right so thank you uh Stoughton, and uh thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week with more uh, birds all day